Okay, welcome to this week's episode of Banana Split. I don't know why I was talking at the laptop then. Um, I think I'll probably be better off looking at maybe the microphone where the sound goes. And I'm here this week with my good friend. We've been closed for at least, what, a week now? Almost a week. Yep. Uh, it's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. We're going to go. There's a pool out the back at his house. We're going to just strip off and dive in. Um, and it's going to be wild times. So, yeah, it's Sam Menzies. He's a comedian. He's a podcaster. He's uh, just an all-round great guy. So welcome to Banana Split. Great guy, huh? Yeah, I haven't yeah. had that credit before. No, it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's open to interpretation and, you know, it's not set in stone. So let's see how we go on this podcast. By the end of it, we might come up with a more appropriate title. So yeah, I'm Patrick. Um, I'm just going to run you through a few things about Sam. He's uh, been working as a comedian in stand-up for about a uh, good... Or about a year. A year? Or okay. a year deep in Sydney. Yeah, it's a great scene. It's a great scene that we're. A, I'm in a really lucky spot that in Sydney, uh, there are so many stand-up rooms with so many opportunities to go on stage and get stage time. I know some comedians that have come from Brisbane that get a set a month. Uh, I can get three a night, not every night, but I mean I still go up three or four times a week, and I mean that's 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 great. That's great training. While the joke's new and fresh in your head, you get mm. to go and give it a try. How often do you introduce new material? Because I notice with Comedians that I was a fan of when I was hanging out, I used to live close to the city, so it was easier to turn up um, and see Jakaija. I'd go to a few of his gigs and I'd, you know, it was never just him. There was always a bunch of people. There was a, a club, it was in a pub, and then you'd go downstairs. It was in um, Darlington. And that was really good. It. it was just on, not Harris Street, the road that became. Unless you're talking about Molotov comedy that's now moved. Yeah, maybe it doesn't, they maybe. don't do it anymore. Shout but out to I used Molotov to go like almost Wednesdays. once a week. And after a while, you're like, okay, yeah, this guy, I can go get a drink because I've heard that stuff before. So how much pressure is there on you to, you know, keep To develop fresh? and do new material? Well, yep. it depends. I mean, I have a system. I keep a bank of material that I have, quote unquote, finished. So once mm. I've taken it on stage enough, I'm comfortable with it. I know where my pauses are and I know how my joke works and where the laugh lines are. I can trim the fat, get some mm. good word economy going. Yep. Once it's done, I bank it. Okay. And then I'll take that and use it when I need it or yep. take it to a show. Uh, so I have a couple of different approaches. For a while there, it was once every two months I'll introduce a new joke. Uh, now I'm doing new material every night and just wow. and I'm basically rushing at the audience and I'm doing it for two reasons. I want to improve my stage comfort and get more conversational with the crowd rather than, you know, sort of sound like I'm reading it. You know, if, if you write a joke and then you, you just deliver it as you wrote it, it, mm. it feels like reading. It doesn't feel like communication. Yeah. Crowds much prefer you talk to them. Then, uh, so I've just been barraging with new, new material. And anything that did really, really well, I'll do in a different room. Mm. Uh, try it again. And so right now, I'm just trying to get myself ready. I've got to have 30 more minutes ready before the end of the year. So I've got a show in... June, I've got a, sh a stand-up show in June, another stand-up show in September, and another stand-up show in December. And I want to bring new material to all of them. And by a show, you mean that's bigger than just a normal stand-up set. That's so like yeah, longer... you get sets in comedy rooms, which yep. you get, which is the things I get to do a couple times a night or a couple times a few times a week. Uh, that's where you go in there. You try material, you push the crowd a bit, and then you get the fuck out. A show is people go; they're going to see uh, you and other named acts on the headline on the list. Um, so I mean, that's where you want to go up and do those jokes that you've perfected. Hmm. You don't try material at a show. So it's different when you do a set and you do a show. Okay, because people are paying for the show to see you. Well, not just me, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You get a bit more, what, 30 minutes or? Well, it depends. I mean, no, no, I don't do 30s. Uh, I've done 10s. Okay. 10s are kind of... It sounds I... like a short period of time, but I imagine if you want to keep it all like swinging for the fences every single joke, that's actually kind of hard to... Like, how long would it take you to build material for 10 minutes you know, um, no no I can, I can have the audience turned over laughing in one sentence mm. um, but you, you need to write that so now I'm really interested I've got to come and hear some of this because I haven't heard your work and I yeah. know you don't like to use it on podcasts I'll so. use it on your podcast I don't okay. give a fuck no, cool. not my podcast <laughs> not yours Did, uh, what's so, the theory there you, that means that people won't come and see the show you want to keep well, them hungry I mean I my Sydney listeners come to my shows and if they hear all my material from a chat with someone yeah. on a microphone, yeah. then that takes away from the joy. I mean, mm. I, I know there's other comedians that 
have podcasts that also don't do their material on podcasts. Yeah. It ruins it for their fans. And okay. I think a portion of my fans that like my stand-up also like my podcast. Yeah. My podcast comes out twice a week. My shows come out a couple times a year. So I, I yeah. do need to separate those two. I do have plenty of material that sucks, that didn't yeah. work, that doesn't work on stage. Okay. But then you do it on a podcast and people at home are like, oh, that shit's funny. Well, you can throw that at me. Well, the shit, um, the shit, the shit is funny. It, yeah. it's, it's funny material, but mm. it's not stage-worthy good stand-up jokes. You were going to explain a joke to me the other day because I found something in a, in a random thread on Reddit that I thought no one would ever see. So I thought maybe he could not use it because you don't like, you know, obviously you want to keep stuff very original and mm. from your, your own voice. But it was what you called a betrayal. And it was basically someone talking about how they uh, got sick of getting mugged. And then so they went and bought a gun. And then after that, uh, no, they weren't sick of getting mugged. The mugging, they were getting mugged. And mugging was really, becoming an issue or something, they said? Yeah, it got really bad. So they bought a gun. So I can't even do it justice. I don't think I'm a natural comedian. I think the meme but, you had was mugging has become such an issue. I've had to get a gun. Now it's easy. Yeah. And so, and yeah, but that's, so that's, my muggings have become much more successful. So you suddenly get that right. twist of like, oh, they're the ones doing the mugging. Uh-huh. Okay, so that so. works really well in an instant when you watch a meme or you yep. read a meme yep. and you get that. Like, so your brain goes one way and then the context, uh, the the, fo- yep. uh, the next line. I'm sure I've heard similar you. betrayals, though, in stand up. Dude, almost all jokes are misdirection and betrayal yeah there's a psychology to what makes people okay. laugh yeah. uh, a big part of it and i'm no fucking guru but a big part of it is misdirection betrayal it's agreeability and it's confirmation and there's weird dude you can make someone laugh by tickling their ribs like there are so many different ways to make a person laugh and a lot of it that sounds just, like cheating like i know it, jerry Seinfeld says swearing <laughs> is cheating but tickling your ribs that definitely that's is. definitely cheating <laughs> uh, i don't think the rest that of the audience be would be i mean so i know patient. they have 4d cinemas now but that might be something <laughs> they can look at in comedy theaters if they're really having a bad night you, you can there's a lot of great ways to make people laugh yeah. i like to go for the throat. I like to get a laugh within the first 10, 15 seconds yeah. to get trust from the audience. I went on stage last... What day is it? I went on stage last night. Okay. And the first wow. thing I said was, uh, they said you couldn't commit suicide off Center Point Tower. Myth busted. And like, <laughs> so that happened like two weeks ago? Two weeks it's ago. That chick jumped off Center Point Tower. Yeah. Well, every, at a Sydney crowd in the city, people know that information. Yeah. And as soon as I say, they say you couldn't commit suicide off Centerpoint Tower, the audience are like, oh, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. There's agreeability, there's an yeah. understanding, there's a commonplace. And then... It's immediately localized, so they feel like they've right. been included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, then like you give it enough pause and mm-hmm. there's an angst involved where people already start to laugh. Yeah. They, they think this is a horrible topic yeah. and there's another level of connection. Mm-hmm. What the fuck's he going to say? People will laugh through my pauses and then... Myth busted. There's an immediate connection with myth, but with Mythbusters, they're yeah. like, "Oh, we've disproved this one." Yeah, it's a simple, stupid, shitty joke that did not take much effort to write. Yeah, like even that one, I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of like a, that's a cheap shot, but it works." It is. It is. Yeah. But I mean, you, it's it's one thing to say it to to you across the table. Yeah, it's another thing to be in an environment where you're expecting someone to say something funny. Yeah, and then I start hitting these levels of connection and. Uh, you know a risky topic like a person committing suicide is not funny until the punchline like, and the, i mean it, yeah, it, it is it a tricky topic these days yeah. every time anyone mentions anything that might involve suicide like i don't think they even like to use the word anymore um it's uh it's you know oh, he had mental health issues and then ended his life or whatever it was or he chose a different <laughs> path but you know now they have to provide lifeline numbers and all that sort of thing which i should probably do but I don't have you should right call now. a lifeline number. <laughs> I you, should actually. I've never you tried. You okay, that. buddy? <laughs> yeah, not really. Then I wouldn't waste my fucking time. Yeah. I think if, dude, I think it's weird. Like, if you get a death sentence from a doctor, you got six months to live. It 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 should give you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a perspective, mm. and you go out and you live those fucking six months. Yeah. I think if I decided to kill myself next, like I'm I'm killing myself next Thursday. Fuck it, I would live four mm. days <laughs> from mm. now till Thursday. I would be all into it. sounds it. like a made-for-TV movie where they, he lives that four days and then by the end of it, he's like, hey, actually, things aren't too bad. Look, maybe. Maybe that's a yeah. thing. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm always disappointed. Like, I used to work on the trains and we would get a lot of, like, jumpers. God, um, that's selfish. I had two 
myself on one of my trains where they ended up right underneath me by the time we stopped. And that was hard because one guy, the wheels went right over his midsection. And that really didn't end well. They still got a helicopter in to try and pick him up. Both suicides I had, they had a helicopter come to try and, you know, do what they could in a in a hurry, but neither one ended well. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, now I'm going to get traumatized. And I saw a psychologist because work provides one. Yeah. And I just remember sitting in a pub, like, because they're like, oh, wherever you're comfortable, we'll meet you there. And I'm like, well, there's a pub outside my house, so let's do that. And they paid for the beer, so I was quite, I was quite happy with that. And Cute. I basically said, look, it didn't bother me. And uh, I just want to go back to work. So that's when I was worried about maybe I'm a sociopath, but I don't know. I Are just, you a sociopath, Pat? I know. I obviously worry about it a lot, but then other people have said, no, you're way too empathic. And it just, it doesn't come off that way because I'm always offending people because there's a lack of a filter there, which I think um, works for comedy. But when you're dealing with people in everyday life, it can be a bit... Like, I think it's entirely possible that you're just mm. not a bitch, Pat. Yeah. Maybe you're just mm. not a bitch. Yeah, but if I wasn't a bitch, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd be like, fuck no, it. No, so no, because you're a human and you give things concern, but you yeah. can't suddenly not operate the train because that guy... Dude, first mm. of all, what a fucking selfish guy. Who is yeah. this clown or these clowns that are jumping in front of trains, ruining train drivers' days, yeah. causing up a whole bunch of costs and mess for police, fire, ambulance, having helicopters come out? That's yeah. really cunty. Yeah. I think, Dude, there was a thing a little while ago where a guy... Uh, was working on the tracks mm. and he got hit by a train. Yeah, that was one of the cleaners that uh, that was on the south line. That's fucked yeah. up. Yeah, they, they, that was the fault of the signaler. They didn't close. They didn't. They normally put blocks on certain sections, so they just called. Like every kilometer is basically a section. Yeah, and you're supposed to. If there's anyone working near the tracks, you just shut that down. And uh, the guy was asleep or something, and he was so he snoozing. Bit, yeah. Just uh, that's all it takes. That uh, bit of inattention. What he slept on the track? No, no, the uh, signaler. Oh, guy the, this... that guy got fucked up. Yeah. So like one minute he's like, "Yeah, honey, I'll be home later. I'll pick up milk. Get off my fucking back." Next yeah. minute he's out there on the tracks uh, picking up rubbish and you know came oh, through. You don't get much time to react. Dude, yeah. what about the people riding that train? Oh, the train has been stopped. There's been a an incident on the tracks. Dude, my thing is once a train hits a person. You don't feel it. it. Yeah, but like the train would eventually come to a stop. Like it doesn't yeah. stop dead on dead no. before it. It's not like a car that can break sort of yeah. thing. I mean, it has brakes, but it's not like a car. Yeah. If the train hits a guy and then eventually comes to a stop, what's the difference between just going to the next stop? Like, does yeah. it? Does it really matter? Does it matter? <laughs> I don't think it matters. They've already passed the bloody body. No, what, this cop they stop and they make them walk up to another train or something. Yeah. It's oh, that's shitty. Yeah. What are you paying for? Opal cards are already a pain in the ass. <laughs> Dude, what about this guy that climbed up on the Sydney Harbour Bridge yeah, this that was Wednesday? Fun. That messed me up. I was in traffic for a good two or three hours because of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's some facts I know about this. Mm. He climbed up there, threatened to commit suicide. They shut down both directions of Sydney Harbour Bridge. And uh, there was 250,000 motorists yeah. were delayed. Uh, like, yeah, like two I hours. Sh- yeah. So that's 500 fucking thousand hours. Quick math is uh, 56, 7... Eight, no, 57 years, mm. just over 57 years of time. Wow, I didn't that do that we, math. like, as a collective, gave to this fucking guy. Yeah. And you know what? Based on his behavior, I don't think he's going to use that time, bro. No. No. He was pretty no. mental. He was running around, jumping from section to section, like the different um, supports, because he didn't want to come down. He was there from 4.30 in the morning. Like, who gets up at 4 in the morning? He's like, yep, I'm going to ride my bicycle in the middle of the Harbour Bridge <laughs> and then try and climb up the thing. <laughs> And then just fuck with people's day. So Yeah, he just wrecked a bunch yeah. of days. Dude, the news said some fucked up stuff about it. The news said, uh, well, one, the facts were that he got arrested for trespassing. Yeah. And that... $3,000 uh, fine, which he's never going to pay. Of course not, no. And uh, what else? Yeah, seven hours the bridge was shut down for. And Jesus. like, never mind the cost of the emergency responders for that operation. Now he's incarcerated and receiving medical help, both at the taxpayer's expense, yeah, no, which to a degree is actually okay because he is also a taxpayer. And well, I mean, we live in a we live in a country where you pay your taxes, you have access mm. to healthcare, and sometimes you have access to prison. Yeah. And then, I mean, the news said that the Harbour Bridge lost like a million dollars in potential toll revenue. You know, do you know who owns the Sydney Harbour Bridge? That's a good question. Dude, I know the answer. Lucky you. Okay. We do. We do. Yeah. Oh, okay. The citizens. I I, I, That's that one of the guess. few yeah. toll roads that we actually own okay. and reap the money from. Yeah. So if we, the taxpayers, own it, and he's a taxpayer, I don't really see how he was trespassing. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure there's regulations that can explain that. Oh, but, yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's just, probably a uh, sign he climbed past. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a sign. But the thing is, they have barriers on the pedestrian walkway, but no barriers on the road. So that's what they're talking about. They should maybe try and put some of those in. Why do we need to coddle these fuckwits? Yeah. Why do we have to spend more of our money? Mm. No, well, I, if it was up to me, I would have flown a drone up there and given him a nudge. Yeah, I would have just kept traffic going. Yeah, hose the blood off the side, yeah. hang up a cross, burial at sea. No. Is that too dark? <laughs> Dude, so what's your I, podcast about? The Banana Split, I usually talk about pop culture and what's going on lately in the movies. Um, I had a bit of news, but I just discovered it's kind of old. What was um, your news, though? Lindsay Lohan tried to sue Rockstar for using her likeness in one of their video games because there was a blonde chick in a bikini with some sunnies on, and she's like, yeah, that looks like me. Give me all the money. And thankfully, a judge saw better sense and two years later said, no, you cannot sue them. because mole. Yeah, that llama tooth bitch. Why is she money grabbing? She's borrowing cash off Charlie Sheen, isn't she? Uh, God, yeah, that's right. He was offering, that was way back when she was in some real trouble for drunk driving and everything. She didn't have any more of that parent trap cash lying around? No, it was what? Mean Girls, Parent Trap and Herbie and that was it. That was the only things that she really made money out of? Yeah. So, no, I think she spent all that pretty quick and she ended up moving to the Middle East and becoming... The Middle East. She was living in Dubai and just... I I bet she was just whoring herself out to those really rich sheiks that want to, like, put a photo on their wall of, like, summer celebrity that they've banned. Yeah, I get it. You remember seeing that movie? right? Uh, Yeah, but it was... No, Dictator. Dictator. Yeah. And then he was like... Wasn't that you had pictures of all these celebrities? Yeah. That's based on a story, that, you know, about... <laughs> Where sheiks will fork out huge a, amounts of money yeah, to fucking Yeah, it was Sultan of Brunei, yeah. one of his brothers or something would do that. Dude, the Sultan of Brunei is not a big fucking... It's not very well liked in Hollywood with his uh, anti... Isn't it persecutable by death if you're a homosexual in, in Brunei? That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah pretty much any Muslim country. He yeah. owns the Hollywood Hotel, which now oh. is being boycotted and has been boycotted okay. full time okay. uh, by every name in Hollywood yeah. because they don't like this fucking guy. This yeah. guy's worth billions, billionsy, billionsy. Yeah. No, oh. they, they, he's one of the few people in the world that can commission Ferrari to build a station wagon for him. <laughs> and they just go, okay. That's pretty fucking cool, though. Yeah. And his brother's just banging all the A-list celebrities. Yeah, he's got fuck you uh, money. Yeah. yeah, as if he gives a fuck. No. Nah, good on him. If yeah. I, yeah, okay. Good on him. Kill some more... F- yeah, we're not using the F word. But, I mean, that's the world they live in. They're still in the dark ages, so they just have a lot of money. So it's a bit dangerous when you give that much power to someone who's you, basically has a philosophy where... You know, thirty percent of the population, because that's not just homosexuals. That's he would put a lot of people to death if he could. Um, yeah, that's yeah. money goes to your head, man. All that power, yeah. and like once once you get a level of fuck you money, like I completely understand Justin Bieber being a cunt. I completely understand. Yeah. That guy was taken from puberty with pimples and dick hair, just starting to come in to super fame and piles of cash. Of course, he's gonna. Piss on! What did he do? He pissed on some stuff. He's and graffiti's sp- everywhere. He um, he's got a really small penis apparently because a pro- pros- prostitute in Brazil was like, no, nah, it's just <laughs> five minutes. It was a one pump chump, as they yeah, say. And then he has like all so, these Lamborghinis and all this yeah. usher money and baby baby money. No, no, no. Yeah. look, I get it, I get it. I he would can't be a sing in Spanish. He, they wanted him to do a live performance of Despe- Despacito or whatever that song is. Yeah, Despacito. Despacito. Yeah, no, couldn't do it. Doesn't know a word of Spanish. <laughs> um, so all that was just like fancy editing or something but no I'm not a big fan um, he like to me like Justin Timberlake was the uh, Justin Bieber of like the 90s to me because what they had NSYNC and then he came out yeah. on his own I was like oh what a tool but then once Justin Bieber came out I reconsidered <laughs> my previous hate for Justin Timberlake and I was like no that guy's actually an artist you know, he I could quite play. like his music actually yeah and he started doing really good stuff like he had these movies that I liked he did um, In Time it was a really great movie fun. yeah yeah enjoyed that um, that was weird seeing him hug his mother who was like looked about a year older than him Olivia Wilde yes, played his mother that's correct who yeah. I believe is younger than him in real life wow okay and hotter than shit yeah it was just awkward that scene I mean at least they didn't do like a Back to the Future type thing Oh, where like the guy he hooked up with his mom or something back then. Well, she wanted she was trying to kiss him, and he, then he right. like, rolled out of bed or something. So <laughs> I mean, how many Spielberg, Zemeckis, like '80s big mainstream movies deal with incest? I can't think of any others. None that I'm yeah, aware that's of. That's the one fun fact I always bring up. And <laughs> a favorite film of mine, and that's what we're all about here: movies and trivia. So 
on that topic, what's your... I know you've seen Logan recently and you I like did. that. I did. Um, you tried watching Rogue One but fell asleep. Yeah, I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I should say that I fall asleep in most movies. Yeah. Uh, I overwork Is myself it? and then okay. my body goes into you can rest now mode. Yeah. But no, Logan was a sick movie. It had a... Uh, my favorite quote from the movie, which was kind of off base, um, there was the scene when... Spoilers... Sorry, cunts. Sorry, guys. No, it's been out for a while. Cool. Uh, there was the scene where he and the gentleman that owned the farmhouse they were staying at were out turning oh, the God. water back yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And then these these thug country fuckers came out. Rednecks. Rednecks, thanks. And they uh, they said, you know, you guys have to get off the land. It's trespassing. And uh, Wolverine Logan said to the guy, you know why don't you get back in your truck and go play Oki Dickhead someplace else? <laughs> and I just thought that was a fucking great line. Yeah. I've never heard someone say Oki Dickhead. Yeah, I don't know what I, that I, means, but I like it. I like it. I just knew yeah. I liked it straight away. Yeah. But it was a good fucking movie. It was a good uh, a semblance of a character that we all... Like, I mean, I watched the X-Men when I was a kid on mm. cartoons, um, on Cheese TV, I think it was in Australia. And then growing up and I caught all the Wolverine I caught all the yeah he was X-Men definitely origins. by far the coolest character oh, in, the, in yeah. the X-Men um, that was one I didn't watch a lot of the Batman unfortunately even though apparently it's a great cartoon but X-Men I definitely caught it um, in the 90s and even the soundtrack I hear it today and I get this instant wave of nostalgia and at that time there wasn't really a uh, a show for kids that hit the I mean I watch it now and it doesn't quite hold up as well you can still see some obvious like pandering to the younger audience type elements where you're like, okay, they could have done this better and that seems really unrealistic. But I think that happens to anyone when they like get to a certain age. You're a lot more critical. Logan was a very different thing though. But Logan, all, it yeah, was R-rated, right? Yeah. It was R-rated. So, and to get that R-rating, I know Hugh Jackman took a huge pay cut yeah. to ensure that it got uh, R, not M. Hmm. He wanted it to be uh, an outstanding movie that passion and... Uh, and dialogue wasn't compromised to for a lower rating and at the same time he didn't want something that intense to be available to people at a younger age which is I guess a diplomatic thing also Hugh Jackman Australian what's that? yeah no and that was, like, I can't think of a better thing for him to go out on as that character that was his last movie as Wolverine And is the next I, movie going to be called Laura? <laughs> do you think? so the, the little girl in Logan oh okay Laura. X-23 um I can't really see them using her again in that capacity. Like, I think now Fox has been bought by Marvel and Disney. Like, they're really just going to start their own reboot thing. That was supposed to be... That was based on the Logan comic series. Yeah. And that kind of wrapped up there. I don't know how and much they could they go were. a great way. If yeah. they could take Wolverine with additional strengths... Yeah. Uh, added to a sexy fucking... I mean, I assume Laura will come back as... <laughs> when she's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the obvious movie would be when she's of age. You can't... Yeah watch a superhero movie of a little girl destroying oh, have you seen The Professional <laughs> the, yeah N- I Nat- have Natalie Portman With, yeah and who was the French guy uh, Jean Renault I think. yeah I fucking have seen that movie yeah. I saw that movie when I was in ninth grade yeah. in 2001 that's a goddamn great movie yeah that is a sick movie I saw it again when they did a retro like a cult movie night at uh, event cinemas in George Street mm-hmm. so every for a few months so Every now and then they would bring out um, another guy hosting it. And if they could get an actor or someone involved with the movie, they would get them up. And you would watch, you know, basically a cult classic. And, and that was one of the, my favorites. And seeing it in the cinema, they added some new stuff that they dug up years later. Um, it was just amazing. And it really held up. Whereas, like I was saying, the X-Men cartoon, it's like watching... I was another show I watched as a kid, The Goodies. You can't watch it again. Like you can't go back. Sometimes, um, one that I'm hoping I could go back and watch is Ren and Stimpy. Which, <laughs> like the, the two things that came out for kids in the '90s, which really weren't for kids, were probably some of the darker elements of the X-Men, Ren and Stimpy, um, and that was about as good as it got from memory. Um, and nowadays, you got really cool stuff like Rick and Morty. It's not really for kids, but kids yeah. will get away with watching it because their parents are like, "Yeah, it's a cartoon." It's a fucking great cartoon. <laughs> oh man, I saw it and I was like, "Okay, we've had the Family Guy and the Family Dad, whatever it was, American Dad, yeah. and you know South Park. How many more?" It stopped being like, "Oh, it's another Simpsons ripoff." Now it's just, "Yeah, there's an entire genre here yeah. which can work." Do you watch *Ephesus Family*? 
I haven't seen that yet. I know that's the Bill Burr cartoon. Yeah. I saw a bit of the first one and I was a bit like, okay, it's some angry guy. Let's get on with it. It's kind of a but, good story too. Yeah, watch yeah. that one in order. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, good. It's aggressive. Them. Do you watch Brickleberry? No. That was Daniel Tosh's. Okay. Uh, it was about a national park in the United yeah. States. Just shenanigans that go on. Okay. It's some Bob's, really I've seen stuff. Bob's Burgers. Yeah. I'm not, I've seen I'm not a fan of Bob's Burgers. I'm BoJack afraid. Horseman. Also not a fan. Really? Okay. Yeah. That was one I admit I understand if you didn't stick around after an episode or two because it's, so, it's a bit highbrow. It's a bit wordy and kind of there's a lot of uh, referential naval gazing stuff going on like I think it helps if you live in LA and you're in that world yeah you would definitely get more out of it but I stuck with it I'm a bit of a binger and I got through and by like the second season it really picked up so I think that'll happen that'll probably happen for me as well with um F is for family yeah. like I'll need to stick with it because um, like you were saying with South Park you hated it for a long time I did I hated South Park forever yeah. I used to use it to help me go to sleep so it was something right. on the TV that bored the shit out of me and I'd pass it I out I don't know how you could listen to Cartman screaming and fall asleep uh, just, it just okay. did it I was so disinterested in that garbage fucking program yeah. but now I fucking love it I okay. love South Park I know that's it's good it's an outstanding I... outstandingly yeah. written uh, material hmm. funny as fuck and I love South Park okay and what, about, what do you think of Family Guy? Look, Family Guy, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Family Guy season one came out, I think, 1998 or 99. Yeah, I know Very, they did a couple, then had to stop and then started again. Yeah, later. so Lacey Shabert was originally the voice of Meg, which now became Mila Kunis. Do you know who Lacey Shabert is? She was no. in Mean Girls with your fucking... Uh, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. With Lindsay yeah. Lohan, that's right. Um, I didn't know they had a different voice back then. Okay. Yeah, that's true. She, Lacey Shabert also did... Lost in Space. Okay. She was Heather Graham's younger sister. See, I know some nerd yeah, stuff. Yeah, some pretty good trivia stuff. I, I just <laughs> did uh, his podcast, which is called... The Downside. The Downside, Downside with Sam Enzies. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty goddamn funny. I wish my podcast was half as amazing. No, don't say that. Yeah. I, don't, don't ruin your credibility. That's how one. I go. But <laughs> anyway, I had a bit of fun on there, um, so give that a listen. And um, But you were saying that... To, to you I came across as a bit of a nerd and you were interested in that whole world and hearing me talk about it and the passion I had for it um, and that was a surprise to me because I just thought I was one of the boys and just happened to like Marvel movies no you're a nerd it, bro okay alright yeah. but in saying that like you're a nerd I'm a fucking bro and, and, yeah. and bro is the nicest word I have for what I am yeah. you might say douche like yeah. I hang out with thuggy guys I do mm. weird douchebag stuff um, I do remember you mentioning a YouTube video where you threw up on pizza and didn't yeah. stop eating it and I'm no, like that... I'm never going to watch that there's a yeah there's a video of me on YouTube where I was eating a steak covered in a bunch it of a steak it was a steak uh, covered in a bunch of nasty ingredients okay. and I was puking while eating and I continued to eat it but someone recognized me yeah uh, that's cool that's pretty good that was, a, that was a long time ago. Yeah. That actually was when YouTube was fairly new. Oh, I can beat that. Um, I got recognized on a train once because I did the movie review show on a channel called... It was Channel 31 CTV, and it was like community television yeah. back in the 90s. And it was a studio in a basement underneath a housing commission in Waterloo. Actually, it might have been Redfern because it was on the border. Yeah. But basically, it was just a bunch of... Um, basement dwelling nerds that got up and, and they had this like really old but like giant camera like they must have bought them when a studio got rid of them like yeah. a tv studio from the 60s or something and we we're messing around in there we had vision switching and it was kind of like basically a playground for kids to learn how to make so you did stuff. movie reviews on this community yeah and, and just like a little like yeah the normal movie review guy didn't turn up normally i just did camera work like i was behind the camera yeah. and one time i did it on camera and then even from that someone must have seen it and said hi on a train so Weird. I was like wow I'd love to you know I was just hooked and yeah I joined an agency um, and promptly flew to Japan so that was For the all. end of that I just um, I've got an older sister who's half Dutch and she said you should come live here because you're just doing nothing in, in Australia so bitch I just got recognised yeah yeah well you know <laughs> but then I went and went on TV in Japan so yeah. yeah I joined an agency there and did a video game ad and was on one of these weird crime shows where they're talking about Jack the Ripper but they, they wanted to do like a reenactment and they couldn't find anywhere in Japan that looked anything like 19th century or was it 18th century London can't remember so they used like a theme park that had a section in it it's called Gulliver's Travels so they had a giant 
basically this dude lying down on his back tied down by ropes like the size of a giant like you had to, you could walk around it it was just massive it was like the size of a 10 story building um, and then off to the side of that they had like an alley to make it look European and with cobblestones and stuff so they parked an old jag there and they got me dressed up like an English bobby like doing the fingerprint dusting in the background as they yeah, shot a scene enough. and then it was only later doing a bit more research into Jack the Ripper that it was like yeah they didn't even have, barely had cars by that point let alone jags yeah so it's kind of funny <laughs> the Japanese version and it looked like some quaint Austrian like ski village or something but hey um, it, they're not really fussy about detail over there. Um, That's so racist. That was it. Well, they're That's really racist. good on detail. Like I remember watching a show about design <laughs> and they wanted to make this perfect toilet and they went to Japan and the way they did it there was they had this substance that looked just like poop, but it was kind of like a sticky Play-Doh type thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was when they were testing the plumbing. And then in England, where they went back to to do it, they were just using like rubber balls. So... You know, in Japan, they really go all out. Like when they've got, like you go to the restaurant and you have not just a picture of the food, but exact plastic replicas of whatever you can eat in the restaurant. So it oh, helps wow. when you can't read Japanese, you just point. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so no, they're really good with attention to detail, but just when it comes to Western um, true crime, they can, you know, they, they, pro- the they probably thought they nailed it. Yeah. No, they probably thought them. they did the best with what they had. Yeah. So that was my brush. And then I just went to Holland and, you know, Holland is Holland when you're 19. Or 20 and just shit got crazy um, finished that after a few years trying to do a marketing degree ended up just working in England behind a bar as you do and I uh, had a good time and came back and realized I needed to get a real job and buses trains and here I am now in a truck which I drove to get out here in lovely wherever we are it's in the countryside Zanning Grove this is in the northwest of Sydney yeah it's uh, beautiful it, you basically drive most people know where Castle Hill is if you drive uh, to mm. Castle Hill and then you just keep on going mm. until you're surrounded by just fucking trees. Like, I can't see my neighbors from my house. I like mm. it. Uh, it's, it's really backwards this far out, though. Like, there's just white people. It's all white. Yeah, it's one of there's, the few areas where you go to a service station and it's like some white pimply kid yeah. behind the Dude, counter. Dude, we have a fucking like, Chinese food place yeah. that's run by a fucking woman named Sharon <laughs> and, and Darren. And Darren, Sharon and Darren. Darren does the fucking Chinese food deliveries in uh, a U. Oh, my God. Okay. She, <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually a... I'm trying to write that into a joke on stage. Yeah. And, you know, I just think it seems too hacky. Yeah. but No, because sometimes real life is stranger than... You can't make that up. This is, a, this is a, a far away spot, Grove. It's mm. remarkable that I'm still in Sydney yeah. and not inundated with billboards and signs. Mm. Yeah, and I'm surprised it only took me like half an hour to get here. So, and, you know, you talk about kangaroos in the morning and... Fucking kangaroos, you know. man. People think, people think that, oh, the majestic, beautiful creature. No, oh. those sons of bitches are disgusting. Mm. They shit all around my car. And, then, and you know what? If there was one every couple of months, I'd be like, ooh, there's a kangaroo in the yard. I get fucking dozens of the cunts. I mm. don't care. Piss off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you there. I've had a few enough bounce off the hood of my car to not be a huge fan. It's all right when they're in a zoo, but uh, that's where they belong. <laughs> Dude, kangaroos Who else can do we not find? give a fuck. Fuck the kangaroos. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. A zoo's fine. They get fed all the time. Yeah. You get all the Asian tourists come out, give them a pat. It's really exciting. Peace sign, picture, Instagram. They're basically celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're living the dream. Um, yeah, so that's... I don't know where There's we no were. There's no trucks in the zoos. There's your <laughs> other bonus, right. kangaroo. Yeah. God, I would love it if it happened in the work truck. I'd get some... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Dude, we get, already know that shit don't sure. bother you when you run something on over. Oh, that's true. Like, <laughs> if I can handle a person. No, because it was just a lot of guys, and I've I got to admit I wasn't the only one, they kind of didn't mind either because they knew they would get two weeks off paid at rostered pay. So that's not just your standard hours. That's plus whatever you would have got on that particular roster. So yeah. you normally get a bit of overtime. You get a bit of... For actually getting on a train, you get like what's called key money because you put your key into the train. So that means you're on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you just back it, I had a lot of shifts that were standby. So you're just sitting on a computer, hanging out for eight hours. What did you do on the computer? Just play video games. Or oh, you just movies. fuck ass around. Yeah. So where do you do standby? In the train? No, at the, like at Central Station, there's a little mill room. So what happens if they need you at Linfield Station? Yeah, they, they put you on a train and you go out there or a taxi. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so what's the turnaround time if you're suddenly needed? Are trains sitting there waiting for you, stopped yeah, for some reason? Some, what will happen is someone's supposed to relieve a train. Yeah. Like it's, and they're, if they don't turn up or they're late for work or they're suddenly, you know, randomly just not answering the phone, 
then they'll get you to run over to whatever Were platform. Were there guys stationed on standby in various places? Yeah, just yeah, Lickham, Hornsby, they used to be all over and a lot of them, but that's part of the problem now with what you've got in the news about the train network. Well, there's been train strikes in Sydney lately. Yeah, and there's less people on standby. They were cutting costs, and so when things went wrong, they went really wrong because they couldn't pull someone out to re- replace they them. They didn't have as much safety net. Yeah. Okay. So... Dude, the trains are an interesting fucking thing. And I mean, mm. I used to ride a train when I would go to school when I was a kid. And since then, I've never been on one again. Mm. Fuck public transport. I've ridden ferries a couple of times, mm. but that's also kind of nice. Yeah. You, know, you get to go out through the harbour and around to Manly. No, I kind of like that. Have you ever been to Cockatoo Island here in Sydney? I don't think so. Oh, they, dude, they do fans. art stuff there, right? Yeah, they do all kinds of garbage there. Yeah. Like, you know, weird mu- museum mm. shit that doesn't appeal to me. Okay. But you can go to Cockatoo Island. You ride a ferry over there and they have... You can camp there for the evening. Mm. And the tents are already built and assembled. Oh. So it's sort of like a real cheap... Kind of like an Airbnb, if you will. Yeah. But it's with these decent tents and it costs fuck all. You can stay there for the night. But you go over there with a few friends and you get kind of hammered and you climb all over the... Like, there used to be... Um, like factories built on it I'm not sure what the purpose of them was mm. um, like refi- a big refinery on it you go climbing all over that at night you're not supposed to drink but you mm. do yeah. and uh, no it's, it's a good ass time you have a beautiful view of the harbour mm. that's well, that an alright experience that, that, that might be an alright thing to do with uh, your little ones yeah yeah no, I'm putting that on the bucket list So and it's cheap yeah. as fuck yeah okay overnight with the kid yeah be fun run around fall off the edge yeah, well, you know, you just be a little careful. Yeah. You just maybe a little careful. You got to, like, people get padded these days, like cotton wool around all the kids. They need to make some mistakes now and then. Fall you, off the You odd. need a scraped knee. Yeah. You need to eat some fucking dirt. Too many kids in the future are going to be total bitches. There's, there's just going to be this low level, like these broken immune systems from yeah. kids that live in a fucking bubble because parents won't let them have gluten. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Dude, you know, I got the crap kicked out of me. I got bullied. I got... Yeah. A whole variety of life experience. I remember you'd go to school, you'd get home from school, you'd get sent outside. And then you'd stay outside for the afternoon, you'd play and you'd dig holes and you'd ride a mm. bike. You'd wear a helmet if your parents were watching and you'd survive. And then you'd mm. come home because the streetlights were on. I mean, mm. we lived a life. And I'm, not, I'm 32 this year and the world hasn't changed so much. And I mean, I've never needed protection from... Uh, uh, cyberbullying say mm. like I know that's pretty fucked up that kids are getting given shit by uh, other kids from the school via their Facebook page and the argument is that back in my day I I never had to deal with any bullying of that magnitude where there's such a great pool of people who can get on board and bully as well but I think on Facebook you also have a much bigger pool of people yeah. who can defend you and yeah. come to your aid it's and definitely amplified these days like the number but of everything can... is amplified yeah. both sides and I think that people are much quicker to bully than they are to defend another person mm. so I don't think the problem's bullying I think the problem is just a cunty society Yeah. but people just aren't that nice to each other <laughs> no. it's the nature of the medium too it's easier to be a dick to someone online than to be nice and it's easier yeah. to see one one thing that you've that's that they've said and then just judge them entirely for that one thing teach your kids so, to be resilient yeah no that's that's a good i had to do a help my son the older one he's nine um do a speech in class a couple of weeks ago about bullying mm-hmm. and i couldn't believe it he's in year what four or five now and he's never seen it or heard of it or had it happen anywhere near him and i'm just like what the hell freaking world are you living in because <laughs> by that point i'd already copped a fair bit when i was yeah age. like never mind so, being bubble wrapped the fact i didn't yeah. experience it at all that's peculiar yeah i was really weirded out by is that. it possible that the no tolerance for bullying shit's working yeah i hope so it's, it's Dude, that, of, that, that would be an even better solution in my opinion yeah if people just aren't being if kids just aren't being dreadful to one another, then that's yeah. good. Because kids are really good at being shit to each yeah, other. Yeah, kids are awful. Dude, I dated a girl that had the, a young daughter. Mm. And when she first got to kin, uh, first gr- kindergarten, sorry, yeah. um, she came home from school and said all the other girls say that Lachlan's my boyfriend. And uh, she's like, he's not my boyfriend. He's not my boyfriend. And every time the little girl was walking with Lachlan, the other little girls, the little bitches, would start singing... And when 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 the little girl told when my ex's daughter told me that they were singing the Here Comes the Bride song, (laughs) it took everything to not laugh myself stupid. (laughs) Kids are amazing. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I guess that kind of sucks. (laughs) And they hold grudges, and they're just. I remember one time in when I was in Year Seven, the first thing they did at Wagga Wagga High School, they sent us all to this 
orienteering course at like a local uh, adventure type place. They, yeah. they had um, BMX track. They tried to teach us archery. Um, they had a disco night. So we must have stayed there overnight. It was really weird. And we didn't know anyone because I... Well, a lot of kids had come from primary school together and I was just on my own because mm-hmm. we used to move every year. I thought at that point that that was normal, that most kids did that. And it was only kind of coming into high school that I started to realise not every kid, you know, was in a different home every six months. Okay. Um, and so there was that weird maladjustment period where I had to just play it cool and act like I didn't care, but clearly I did care and try and fit in and all that sort of thing. Because in, when you're that age, the most important thing in the world is other kids your age think you're okay, um, at least in that world. So it wasn't until like year, senior high, maybe year 11 and 12, where you realise, hey, I can just do what I want and not worry so much about what other people think. Yeah. I think there's a crucial stage there between like year 7 and 10 where it's just... And time stretches out. It's like that. the 90s for me were everything. And then since then... It's just times hurtled along like a freight train. Dude, what kind of kid were you? I was a nerdy little, uh, huh. you know, play handball around the back. Um, yeah. Just, you know, trying to avoid the jocks. And it wasn't until I moved to Sydney in year 11 that all that stuff just fell away. And it was a really small school in Randwick. And everyone just had to be mates because there was just hardly anyone there. So I had to play basketball with the bigger kids. And... Um, footy and everything else and just you know but then in later years you were the bigger kid right yeah by year 11 i was working in a mcdonald's in waterloo and i was eating like three burgers a day and suddenly i went from about 60 kilos to like 85 and um well i remember someone in year 12 saying wow is that you pat because like six months ago you were tiny and then suddenly i had like a v chest this guy was saying i was like oh do i you know because it happened to me i hadn't really noticed but um, when I went back to Wagga to visit some old friends, they were like, who are you? And I remember you seeing just, guys mm. that had pushed me around, um, you know, coming up to my chest. Yeah, well, you're a big guy. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. you're bigger, right? Let's compare by. It's to. different. It's no. different. Yeah. The, uh, no, no, no. I remember, like, I got to puberty fucking light. Yeah, it was light. Real light. Yeah, I think I was, like, nearly 17 before it really hit. I think, what? no, what, what I got first, like, around year seven, my feet grew to size 12. Hmm. But then nothing happened for ages. Like <laughs> I, I was pretty big. I'm I think I like filled out in like the last, maybe when I was 25, wow. I filled out. Yeah. Now I fill out in the wrong way. Now I'm just like, I've got to get back into a gym because you it's just like crazy. biscuits. Yeah, I like biscuits and my Doritos. And yeah, I'm like, yeah they're easy to like. I keep coming back to them. Um, but yeah, I just started doing a jujitsu thing. So hopefully that helps. What's that like? It's very confronting because you have to get right up in someone's crotch, armpit, neck um you're sweating on each other you're rolling around on the floor yeah it's just full on and you know you're thinking about 10 different things at once and there's a steep learning curve because there's so many steps to get the technique right so it's it's going to be tough but that's good man to do it you need Um, some fucking difficult things to overcome to build your character yeah and when i say you i mean everybody yeah yeah but my whole point, the story from that orienteering thing was I came back and they wanted me to do, for some reason I got selected to stand at assembly in front of a thousand other kids and tell them how it went. And all I could remember was that I didn't mind the catering. So I <laughs> went up and I said, yeah, well, the food was good. All right, thanks. And that was about it. And so for months afterwards, kids would come up to me in corridors or wherever I was seen and just go, hey, how's the food? How's the food? Yeah, so kids can be cunts. Dude, if that's what you're getting, that ain't that yeah. bad. No, it wasn't that bad, really. I think it was, and it's like you were saying before about perception off mic. It was like, I perceived it as, you know, I took it a bit harder than I should have. I was like, oh, these kids are picking on me. Whereas in reality, it was just establishing, hey, we know you for something. Yeah. Let's go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of like personal stuff I needed to Did get everyone, my head right. Everyone grows up with their yeah. struggles. Whether yeah. your struggle is you're getting this these comments from all these kids all the fucking time mm. and then that's starting to weigh on your mind or your struggle is you're an orphan or you're mm. in Africa, mm. uh, you know, from the African commercials type of in Africa. You know what I mean? Like the, the UNICEF or what <laughs> yeah, have you. Yeah. Like everyone has their different kinds of struggles and you can't say that yours was better or worse than mine because your brain in struggle mode was ramped up to 10. Yeah. So's African UNICEF kid. So's no parents orphan kid. And so's me who had a life of fucking privilege. Like much, much privilege. It's weird that I went so far the wrong direction from having like uh, very financially well-off uh, successful parents. 
And you know, I know I've got a friend, my friend Lisa Shelley. She grew up so broke. Like, you know, did you have brothers? Yeah, you did. Your brothers and sisters. Yeah. Did you ever have like a brother steal your clothes and it pissed you off? Anything like Or did you ever steal no, his clothes? No, I was always a lot bigger than him. Um, oh, okay. So that didn't happen. But I know my sisters fought a lot and my younger sister would right. steal the older sister's clothes. And that was... Yeah, so that happens. Know. See, at least they, they drew up. a line on the floor in the bedroom. Oh, wow. Couldn't cry. It was like that cliche. So, so Lisa, she grew up so fucking broke mm-hmm. that they had like a pool of clothes. Like, the girls okay. in the family that they would share among right. themselves the home their mother used to wash out drinking straws and uh if you use a drinking straw you wash it afterward and keep it in the drawer oh so yeah like they were poor broke okay. dirt poor yeah. lisa's also one of the coolest motherfuckers with the most adventurous heart she's a wonderful beautiful person she's uh my one of my bffs bullos uh he's a lebo that's his name yeah. sorry <laughs> uh, uh partner and she's grown up to be a sports physiotherapist and is taking her life strides and strides forward. Mm. Uh, she's, you know, utilized her education and further education to become a really upstanding, outstanding human being and contributor to society. Whereas I'm a dick who tells jokes and is rude and records podcasts and throws out racial slurs. And that's what I do for entertainment. And it's just weird that I got such a foundation that mm. she didn't get. And she fought her struggles and grew to the top. And I... Just do this shit because it's fun. <laughs> mm. Do you think that that privileged upbringing contributed to your sort of lack of drive to... I mean, but you still built a business up. You yeah, well, still, no, I'm an incredibly yeah. driven person. Yeah, but my so strength is in that. my desire to work. Okay. Uh, her strength is more in her desire to move for success. I think there's, there is a difference. Okay. A, so she picked a goal and uh, took all the necessary steps and made all the sacrifices mm. that she had to make along the way to achieve her goal. Mm. Whereas I wanted to pump out max hours, make money. I was really fortunate to have a friend that kind of said, let's go in this direction when mm. we built our company. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit of like luck of the draw of being in the right place at the right time as well, but then combining that with that ability to work for it. Well, my, dis- my discipline to work and my work, yeah. I think, is what carried me forward. Yeah. People have different strengths in different ways and people come from different places. Yeah. Mine worked for me where I was. Hers working for her. Hers mm. is working for her yeah. in an exemplary fashion where she is. And like much the same. You're another different kind of guy from a different fucking place. You're a geek mm. and I'm a dirtbag, douchebag bro. And you and I, I've listened to your podcast. We mm. have nothing in common. I don't know shit about no, your podcast. We both place. have a mother that's you know compromised. We both have... Uh, a mixed upbringing like you had to travel a lot I, yeah I moved around I don't know I think there's more similarities and differences but that could just be I don't think anyone perception. would pair the, yeah. the two of us ever for any situation but that being said we find out so quick that we do actually have a lot of similarities mm. almost based on our differences like you took a lot of your passions and pleasures with your podcast yeah and you have, are creating content and I'm doing the same thing with mine but I can relate to you very much so with what you're trying to overcome, with what you're trying to build and achieve. I know I'm trying to do the same thing, just in a different bracket. So I find a lot of the things that you say and do very relatable. And then with more conversation with you, I find out very quickly that this is just a fucking dude. And then we mm. find things we're common on, like cars, mm. uh, being adventurous outside. Yeah, yeah. No, that's one thing. I did an obstacle race again this year out of like... I'd, I'd... I'd had some stressful stuff happen about two years ago and it's been a hard slog since then. So I kind of got off, fell off the wagon. But a friend of mine uh, forced me to get back on to a degree and train up a little bit for a... uh, It was Tough Mudder and then we did one around Olympic Park which just had a bunch of slides and stuff. But one of them was like a five-story high climb to the top of this, uh, you know, like an inflatable platform. Sure. And you had to jump off that onto basically what the firemen use to catch people. It was just... (laughs) Um, like a big like trampoline. A trampoline. Yeah. yeah. But it was so high that the number of people that would climb up there and then just turn around and they had to build a special little slide for them to get off it with because it was oh, just like wow. up and down, up and down, but no one would jump off. I'm like, wow, this must be pretty scary. And yeah, it sounds like a humble brag, but I got up there and I was just like, eh, it's, they wouldn't put this here if it was gonna if I was going to hurt myself. <laughs> you try to just, convince your brain? Yeah, and I just jumped off. Um, and the other day, a truck nearly hit me when I was standing on a construction site. And I just... I don't know if it's a death wish or something clicked. And I'm just... I no longer have the same fear of heights and stuff that I used to have as a kid. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, no, I you guess... fucking overcame some hardship and you became yeah. a toughened human being. Hmm. And I'm, I don't mean you're a tough masculine man. I mean hmm. a toughened human being. You got a bit of fucking callous on your heart 
because you've had to overcome a few things. Mm. If you got some stress two years ago from some nonsense that's affecting your life yeah. and you've been able to live on and move forward, it's because you're a hardened human being. And we all should be. And I don't. And you know what's great about hardened human beings is I don't think they go around being cunts about it. I think they go around sharing it. Don't get mm. me wrong. There are bad people. Yeah. Okay? And a lot of them are hardened from a lot of bad things. But if you can overcome your struggles and your stresses, which solidifies you, which makes you a better uh, role model for your young, your, your children. Yeah, I mean, that ultimately, that's what keeps me going. Like, I, I never really got suicidal. Like, I got to the point where I could understand why someone would get that way. Yeah. But for me, there was always too much to live for. You know, like both sons, um, I do really hope to be good mates with them one day and, and uh, I'll do everything to make that happen. So oh, That's crazy. You know, um, See, I can't remember the last time I was not even unhappy, but dissatisfied. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't. I don't no, that's not like a humble no, brag. No, it's just either. like every potential thing that was going well got taken away. So, and I yeah. couldn't see a way to get back to that. And like up to that point, everything had been slowly getting better. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was tough. And you threw your um, ass five stories off onto a trampoline. Well, basically, yeah. But that's it was fucking just, fun, though. When right? you mentioned jumping off, you sent me a clip of someone on a rope swing. That was me. Yeah. Wow. That was you, and it was just ridiculously high. I'm like, yeah, that looks like fun. Like it is fun, you know. Um, so it's just challenging yourself, and yeah, like I went bungee jumping in Thailand a few years ago, and where yeah, at I did that. Um, the Phuket. Yeah, in yeah. Uh, Patong Beach. It's uh, like in this body in, of water. It's like one? an artificial lake. Yeah, I think I did the same one. They Velcro oh. your feet. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I've done that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I jumped like tough. a bitch. <laughs> I like yeah. crouched and leaned forward. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be slightly less high if I just squat. Yeah, yeah that's not how it works. But I, yeah, I guess once you've done a few things like that, then it gets like, then you look for the rush. Then you're trying to find other things that give you that same. Well, yeah, because know. once you once you mm. crush that little bit of fear, once you mm. take the step off the ledge, once you jump off to the trampoline or down to yeah. the cliff, down to the water below, yeah. you find that all those things that were worrying you and scaring you are now irrelevant, and I just have joy, mm. and it's immense joy swinging through that canyon at warp speed. You let go, you fly out into the water. It's amazing. Oh, it I is can't amazing. Wait. Well, you got to come up with this. We all go right. up a couple times a month. Okay. We'll set a date. Yep. Fuck yeah. Count me in. Well, on that note, um, I hope you can join us sometime. Let us know what you thought. We, it was a bit of a ramble today, but that's how we roll. Um, thanks for listening. I think we're almost an hour, so that's fine. Quite happy with that, and I hope you are too. Get in touch. Uh, that's Banana Split. Have some dessert and get the hell out. Thank you. Thank you.